Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hello, my angels, and welcome back onto the podcast. I don't know why, but I felt a little bit nervous starting like the recording of this episode just now. I kept like hesitating pressing the record button. I think because I had it in my weekly schedule to record the episode yesterday. In full disclosure, today is what is today? <laughs> today is Wednesday <laughs> of the week before this episode will release. And normally I like to be a couple of weeks ahead of myself in terms of the episodes and the recordings and stuff like that, just so that I don't feel this pressure of having to record content just for the sake of having an episode out every week, if that makes sense. I want the content to be valuable, hopefully. And so I don't want it to feel forced. And Recently, I don't know, I think I've been putting a lot more of my energy into my yoga business, which is amazing. And I will talk a little bit more about that because I feel like I've had such a transformation, like a confidence transformation and shift in myself. So I think I really want to touch on that. But because I've been putting much more of my energy in that, obviously, I've had less time to record the podcast. So I'm not behind schedule, but I just you know, it takes time and I want to give myself the time to record it, edit it, etc. And so I had it in my plan to do it yesterday. But yesterday, I was feeling all kinds of lethargic. I don't know if it's winter arriving, the weather is so much colder. Oh my goodness. We actually put the heating on two days ago and it feels so early to put the heating on, but it just feels like it went from summer to winter and we've had absolutely no transition through autumn in the slightest. So we have put the heating on and admittedly, I'm not a winter girl. I'm not going to lie. I don't like the cold. I much prefer being way too hot than way too cold. And I do, to say I suffer from sad, I'm not really sure. You know, the seasonal something depression. I don't actually know what the A stands for, but I do notice myself, my morale drops during winter. It's something that I'm aware of and it's something that I'm realizing more and more every year. And actually a couple years ago, I had said to George, right, this is the last winter that we're spending in the UK because it just feels long and it drags and I don't feel happy, but you know, our life is here. Like we can't just pick up and move but I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little bit apprehensive as winter is coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) That always makes me think of Game of Thrones, even though I've never actually watched the series. And yeah, I'm scared. Admittedly, I am scared of not doing too great during winter. It was a couple years ago and it was during the winter months, although admittedly, like it was February, March time when my postpartum depression really spiraled into quite a deep darkness. And I think now when winter comes, it's funny, it's almost like I have a sort of PTSD. I feel the cold and I walk around my house and I feel, now that we've put the heating on, I feel the warmth coming from the heaters, coming from the radiators. And it's almost like it takes me back into that place. I remember walking around my house, it feeling cold outside, but feeling the warmth of the radiators and it's like mentally it takes me back into that darkness and it's strange how sensations and smells and things like that can just take you back to a certain moment in time and I'm feeling myself you know like I'm traveling back in time into a time that I obviously don't want to revisit because well (laughs) it wasn't all that great so I'm feeling apprehensive and nervous and yesterday, although it was, you know, in my sort of schedule to record the podcast, I, it's not that I wasn't in a good place, like mentally, I felt fine. But physically, in the last couple of weeks, where the weather's really sort of dropped, the climate has dropped, 
I've just felt so lethargic in my physical body. And I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this, but I'm experiencing it more and more at the moment. It's like I'm being pushed and pulled in completely polarized directions in terms of my physical body and my, like my mind. Physically, I'm feeling slow and lethargic, but mentally, I'm quite stimulated. And in a good way, to be fair, I feel like I have loads of ideas coming to me about my business, about the podcast. I mean, and also my to-do list is never ending, right? So I want to get stuff done, but I'm noticing that I really, (laughs) I kind of just want to lay in bed and read my book. (laughs) Also, I'm reading this great book at the moment. Um, It's the first book of a series called Seven Sisters, and it's really amazing. But it's a chonko book. It's like 700 pages, and I'm almost done. And by almost done, I mean that. I have like 100 pages left. But anyway... Yeah, there's a bit of um just resistance in me. I don't really know how to describe it. I feel like I want to go and mentally push and do and get all my things done. And also when ideas, like creative ideas come into my brain, I don't want to forget them, but I don't always feel like I have the physical capacity to action them, if that makes sense. And that's how I've been feeling. But today it's crazy how just sometimes you just wake up one day and you feel more sprightly. Today I feel more sprightly, <laughs> which is really good. And I'm so glad that I gave myself the permission yesterday to not do something that was on my to-do list. And this something being the recording of this episode, because yeah, today I feel good and I feel ready to chat. <laughs> Hi team. Um, Just quickly on this sort of winter depression. I don't know if anyone else gets this. And I'm, uh, part of me feels like I'm not the right person to give advice or give tips because admittedly, I really struggle in winter to find time to take care of myself because I feel like every season, there's different things that we can do, right? I find myself in winter, I really need to slow and calm and nourish myself in different ways that I do if it was summer, for example. And because I'm so much more of a summer baby, even though I'm actually born in December, I just, I love summer. I love the heat. (laughs) I love the sun. I like fire practices in terms of yoga. I like dynamic movement And I find it really difficult in winter, which is strange because I know that it's what my body is craving and needing, but it's like mentally, my brain isn't catching up with the fact that that's what I need. I don't know if anyone else resonates with this. I would like to invite you to take a moment and just, not necessarily right now, although you can do it now, feel free to pause (laughs) the episode and take this moment right now. But when you get a couple of minutes to yourself, just close the eyes and breathe and just drop down into the body and tune in. What do you need? Because often I find that we're just on this autopilot, right? Society doesn't give us permission or it doesn't feel like it gives us permission to stop and slow down. But so many of us need that. If not, 99% of us need that in this season. And I invite you to give yourself the permission to do that. Actually, I am. It's really exciting. I feel like I'm going to say this and then it's going to seem like maybe a little bit of an anticlimax because it's not launched yet. And so I'm going to be like, my business is doing really well, even though it's not because it's not launched yet and I'm not making any money. But I feel like we put so much value on monetary um, reward, right? And so my yoga business, my online platform, it's not technically launched, although I've done like a little bit of a soft launch, but I'm getting there. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this in a sec. But I feel like I'm having a little bit of a breakthrough in terms of my business and my platform. And it feels really good. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm actually going to release a winter warmer series. And I haven't yet decided if I'm going to do seven days or 14 days. If you have any thoughts, let me know. It's going to be available for members that are part of the membership of my online platform. And that is being released on the 3rd of November. Oh my gosh, which is so soon because today's the 18th as I record this. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. 
I'm like, I feel so nervous. Um, but yeah, and this winter warmer series is going to be full of, <laughs> I don't know why this feels so cringy and wanky to like, the thing is, I believe so much in this practice, but it's really difficult as a yoga teacher because I'm the brand. And so part of me feels like sometimes I need to just portray to the world that I'm this serene, calm, peaceful person that just exudes love. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just think life is fucking shit. <laughs> and sometimes people are like, oh, just breathe through this moment. It's all a transition. It's part of the universe. And I'm literally like, as much as I believe in that, sometimes I'm literally like, fuck off with your wank. <laughs> So I want you to know that if you think I'm talking a load of bollocks, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> because it's a fine line. I believe so much in the spiritual um, connection of the practice and how that really helps us with our mental health, our physical health and our overall well-being. But I also think that sometimes, you know what? Oh, just fuck off, you know, put your middle finger up at people that are telling you that all this shit you're going through is just part of the universe's higher purpose and it's part of the path and you're like, oh, gal. <laughs> so I also want to be real with you that I believe in the practice of yoga and it's helped me. I'll talk a little bit more about this because it's been a huge transformation for me in terms of mindset recently. But I also think, take from it what you need. Sometimes I also think it's a load of wank and a load of bollocks. <laughs> and that's okay. For me at the moment, so when I say that I feel like I'm having a big transformation or I'm going through a really big shift and transition in terms of my yoga business is that I feel ready to promote it. And I'm feeling really confident in myself and in my offerings. And I think that's because more and more, I am really connecting to my personal spiritual practice. And it's, I don't really know, I feel the word spiritual, it's just, it's on a spectrum, right? And I don't really know where I would put myself on this spectrum. Although, hopefully you can kind of gauge that, yes, I am a spiritual person, but I also, I'm real, I'm down to earth, you know, sometimes, like I said, I think it's a load of bollocks. <laughs> but when I say spiritual, I mean more just connecting back to myself, connecting back to the fact that I'm part of this earth, I am part of mother nature. And for some people, maybe that's cringy and wanky. And I respect your opinion, because again, sometimes I have this opinion as well. But I think that when we really tune into ourselves, when we really just take a moment, take a step back from the fucking noise of the world, it is so, so loud and I hate it. I hate it so much. But admittedly, sometimes I also get bogged down in the little minutiae of stupid fucking things like, oh my God, how many likes did my post get on Instagram? And it's something that I'm really trying to create a bit more distance, you know, with because those things don't define me. Me giving my little girl pesto pasta for <laughs> the fourth night running, <laughs> that doesn't define me and what I believe in and my values, my ethos and stuff like that. And at the moment, I'm really feeling like I'm connecting back to my sense of purpose. I'm connecting back to the fact that, you know what? I I belong here. There's a space for me here on this earth and I can add value and I can add meaning and I can help people. And that's something that when I first started the podcast, it was something that I really, really lacked. And I spoke about it. I remember in the first episode saying that it's something that I feel like I've struggled with my whole life. Do I belong here? Where's my place in the world? And what's my sense of purpose? And I felt so disconnected from just from the world from I just I didn't know I didn't know life I didn't know what to do with myself I felt so just lost and when I had Isla I think that's really what triggered my postpartum depression or again I think it was just depression that hadn't yet fully like immersed itself out of me <laughs> if that makes sense. Because I think when I got pregnant, I felt really good. And I put this expectation on myself that Isla and being a mom was going to be my sense of purpose. And then she arrived and 
I realized that she wasn't my sense of purpose and that being a mom wasn't my everything, my end all and be all. And aside from not only feeling sadness and grief and frustration at the realization that fuck, I'm still lost. I also felt this guilt, just this overwhelming shame and resentment and anger. And it feels really good to, gosh, a year on. This is episode 52, by the way. Can you believe it? What a transformation in a year. As if I'm coming to you today, guys, saying that I'm getting like emotional, saying that, you know what, I think I'm figuring it out and I'll continue to figure it out. I don't have it (laughs) figured out 100%. Trust me, I don't. (laughs) I still don't know how to discipline my child. But that feels like, it feels small, even though it's huge, it still feels small because I feel like I'm reconnecting to just me and I will be okay. I will find a sense of purpose and I'm finding my sense of purpose and I'm finding that in my spiritual practice, I feel like I'm sort of going around in circles here, but I've really connected back to myself through my own yoga practice. I think also postpartum, I was putting a big focus on getting my physical body back, gaining my strengths back, gaining my quote unquote pre-mum body back. And I've detached myself from that. And that feels really good. And don't get me wrong, I of course 100% have anxieties and doubts and moments of anger and frustration, moments of just feeling lost and moments of grief. But those moments, they don't feel all consuming to me anymore. I feel like I can still experience them. And actually, I'll tell you about, (laughs) I'll tell you about a niggle George and I had, (laughs) where I just fully lost my fucking shit with him. I just snapped. And it's okay for me to still have those moments, but they don't spiral me down into complete darkness. They don't make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing with myself. They don't make me feel like, I don't know, They there's distance there now. I can experience these emotions and these feelings without feeling like they're taking over my body, my mind, my heart, without feeling like they're closing in on me, like I'm in this box and I'm never going to be able to get out. I feel like I'm able to acknowledge them and experience them from a distance and then be sad of course be angry feel the frustration but then actually you know what it's okay and I don't know how else to explain it apart from that um, if you've experienced this sort of transition out of a really dark place you'll probably know what I mean and if you haven't know that that transition is coming and okay (laughs) now I will tell you about the niggle um oh sorry I didn't finish before I tell you the niggle and this is where I feel like my business is having a breakthrough because you know what I'm ready to share my value with the world and it's not going to be for everyone but it's going to be for someone maybe for one person at first, maybe for two people, three people, and then hopefully more people, (laughs) because girls still got to eat. So it'd be nice to make a little bit of money. (laughs) But I feel like I'm finding my place. I'm finding my feet on this earth. And I'm ready to put myself out there more. I am not being bogged down by the doubt and the fear and the anxiety of putting myself out there in the world in terms of my work and my offerings as a yoga teacher and I'm the demons in my head yeah are they still telling me that you know what you don't have everything you don't know it all you could know more yeah of course they are but you know what fuck off demons (laughs) I've got this I feel like I'm believing in myself again and I'm more confident in myself and in my skill and in what I have to offer and in my value because we all have value. I hope I'm not coming across like I'm (laughs) some sort of big headed (laughs) person just bragging like, oh my God, I'm fucking amazing. No. (laughs) Trust me, I'm not amazing. You wait to hear about this niggle with George. But we all have value. We're all human. We're all flawed. Oh my God, am I flawed? We all have so much amazing goodness, amazing value, just beautifulness inside our hearts to offer out into the world. And yeah, if I can invite you to just acknowledge that for yourself, 
oh, I know it's so hard when we're in a dark place. I never, I never, ever in a million years thought that a year from the first episode of the podcast, I thought that I would be like launching my platform. Like, <laughs> I can't watch it completely flop and fail and people are like this is shit Ragley you don't know what you're doing but do you know what okay I will have tried I will have tried and that's when I'm really telling myself and giving myself a chance to fucking try and give myself a chance to fail because then I will at least have learned <laughs> that I'm shit no I'm kidding <laughs> but I've learned I would have learned that that wasn't the way to do it and maybe I'll try and find another way or maybe I'll spiral back down into depression <laughs> watch this space <laughs> anyway, my niggle with George, guys, okay. This was last week and George has been working late a lot recently and it's such a fine line between, I appreciate obviously that he needs to work and I'm very grateful because the financial burden at the moment for a while <laughs> since we've had Isla has been on him and oh, I hate myself for that. And that's something that I'm really struggling with. And that's something also that I'm telling myself that is okay. It's, it's like that for now. And I'm hoping that at some point in the future, I'm able to bear the financial burden so that he might have a bit more time to himself to figure out what he really wants to do with his life and career or whatever it may be just for us to have a little bit more freedom or for him to have a little bit more freedom. Uh, the freedom, I mean, I was going to say like the freedom that I've had, although, you know, I have a child and I'm the primary caregiver. So I don't know if I would call that freedom. But anyway, oh, it's all, it's all so messy. It's all so messy and it's not black and white. It's so, so gray, but I'm finding a little bit more ease in the gray at the moment and it feels really good anyway what didn't feel good was the sniggle fuck me I snapped at George it was one morning before he went to work and I felt bad afterwards because he was late to work and I know that he has a lot of work on at the moment and he can't just anyway he's been working late a lot which again is fine but also can we just fucking appreciate that it's hard like I just I've been feeling like I'm the only disciplinarian with Isla and I've spoken about this before I it's not my forte <laughs> I just feel like I'm not that strong-willed in terms of telling Isla what to do I'm all for an easy life and I'm struggling and I just snapped one morning I can't even remember what led to it I think oh I honestly I can't remember I think it was something so small, like George left to walk the dog without saying, and I was upstairs in the toilet and he didn't leave. He didn't tell me that he was leaving to walk the dog, even though I know that every morning he leaves to walk the dog and we were already awake at this point because, well, we're always awake. All of us around like 6, 6.30 in the morning. But, and I just went, <laughs> I was in the toilet. <laughs> and when he came back, I was like... <laughs> my god I can't cope with myself I was like you didn't tell me that you were leaving to walk the dog I'm just always meant to be here 24 7 always hands on deck and you just leave <laughs> to go for a nice lovely morning walk with the puppy <laughs> and he was like Magli I go walk the dog every morning and I was like I know but I was upstairs you could have told me that I had to come downstairs to watch our child and he was like she's fine she's just watching Peppa Pig which I've spoken about I absolutely hate but you know we're surrendering to that and I, anyway I just, like it just it escalated <laughs> it escalated I started to cry I was like you don't know how hard it is to discipline Isla but it's so true and it's just it's the mental load of it all and then I started going when's the last time you put her to bed when's the last time you did bath time <laughs> oh my gosh I'm laughing because I know that some of you will relate to this and it's such a fine line <laughs> I just I can't believe it and I'm glad that we can laugh about it in hindsight and I completely I'm not trying to say that I was being rational I although my feelings and you know emotions were valid there's definitely a way I could have expressed them better <laughs> but I didn't and that's okay because I'm human um again I don't practice yoga because I'm calm by nature I fucking need that shit <laughs> I, what was I saying? Oh, the mental load. Like, 
what do I make Isla for breakfast, lunch, dinner, bath time, bedtime, when George works late, I try and walk the dog with Isla. And it, it was just a lot in that morning. I just, I absolutely snapped. Um, but where before this argument and argument, it wasn't even an argument. Like I snapped with a bit of a niggle and then he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's a lot, George. <laughs> I just want you to understand, you know, <laughs> the big dramatic um, thing of palaver. And he was like, no, I know. I'm sorry. Love you. I'm grateful. And I think that's all I needed. I don't, I didn't really even need him to change anything because, you know, at the end of the day, I know that he can't necessarily change his work schedule at the moment. And that's okay. But I've just, in that moment, it just, it felt heavy and I needed the acknowledgement uh, because I think for a lot of women who are the primary caregivers and potentially don't contribute as much financially, that weight, that weight is really heavy uh, because it feels like we live in this society where not only are we meant to be, you know, strong moms, loving moms, gentle parenting moms, stay at home moms, always there for our kids, blah, 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 blah. But then there's also this other side of, yeah, women, career, you know, ah, it's just, it's a lot. Um, and I needed to feel acknowledged. Needless to say, I feel like in the past, this moment <laughs> that we had would have weighed heavier on me for hours to come throughout the day, maybe even for days to come. And I would have resented George and I would have resented the cards that I'm being dealt. And I don't resent them anymore. I'm, they're the cards that I have. And maybe, maybe I would like a few different cards, but I'm okay with the ones that I have and I'm dealing with the ones that I have. And I don't even necessarily mean that. I feel like dealing with it sounds really negative, but I actually mean it in a positive way. I'm learning to do what I can with what I have, actually in a genuinely positive manner. And of course, yes, I mean, like I just said, of course I have days I wake up and I think, fuck this shit, George. <laughs> you know nothing about being a parent but it can feel heavy and lonely being the main disciplinarian with Isla um or with any child not just Isla <laughs> uh and I needed you know that needs to be spoken out but it doesn't feel all consuming anyway that is that um there was something else that I wanted to say oh I okay I'm not going to pretend that I know or I'm really well versed in everything that's happening in Israel and Palestine at the moment. But I just wanted to acknowledge it, um, to acknowledge that I'm thinking about what's happening in the Middle East. And part of me feels guilty that I don't know more. Um, I just, oh, it's so difficult because part of me wants to be like, oh, but what can we do from where we are? Um, I think what we can do if we have the, it's a fine line because part of me is like you know we could research more I could give myself or carve out the time to research more about what's happening and read about the disasters and the atrocities that are occurring in that part of the world at the moment and I feel really guilty in admitting that one I don't 100% have the time and two, I don't really have the mental capacity. And like, what a fucking privilege that is to be like, I'm actually able to not even read about it, let alone fucking experience it, you know? And I think that's what we can do. Just acknowledge our privilege and be grateful for this privilege. And it's funny because I feel like I'm going to move on um, really quickly and I hope that it doesn't come across insensitive, but I'm not well versed in what's happening. Um, do I know the gist? Yes. I don't know the ins and outs. Um, it's not my area of expertise. I'm not a politically active person. Do I wish that I was sometimes? Yes. But it's not, it's just, it's not, it's, I'm not, it's not it is what it is. Um, yes. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I'm trying to tell myself that it's okay. We don't all need to be political activists, but I'm very grateful for those people that are and are trying to bring more justice and peace to the world. Thank you, because it's not, I don't know, I feel really guilty saying that 
it's it's not that it's not for me, but it's just it's not a priority. And how awful to say to say that. But like, oh, I just I'm like embarrassed of my privilege. Do you know what I mean? I'm embarrassed to admit that it's not at the forefront of my mind. And how fucking lucky am I? How lucky are we? If what's happening in the Middle East at the moment is not at the forefront of our mind, like what the actual fuck? And sometimes I feel like a lot of us can be embarrassed of our privilege. I remember growing up and admittedly, my mom, I grew up with my mom, my parents aren't together. My mom has done extremely well for herself. She didn't grow up with money, but she's worked her fucking ass off and financially growing up I was always extremely comfortable and I always felt embarrassed about it I don't really know why I feel like when people find out that actually I grew up I don't know if wealthy is the word um, but even if it is it's annoying that I feel a resistance to admit it but I grew up very comfortable I never wanted or needed for anything tangible I remember when I was in school being like, oh, we're going on holiday here, we're going on holiday there. I had a pool in the house, not in the house, like in the garden. A lot of our houses have had pools, not all of them, but like, and again, I feel like I'm justifying it, like not all of them. Like, anyway, I just felt so embarrassed to admit people would be like, oh, it's all right for some, isn't it? Like you have a pool in your house and it's like, what the fuck do you do when you're a kid? You're a 12-year-old girl and someone's like, oh, it's all right for some. Or even like older, I remember being told that when I was like 16 and it's like, okay, like it is, but I, I can't change anything. What, like, what do you want me to do? Apologize for the fact that my mom's worked really hard. And also sometimes part of me wanted to be like, yeah, you know what? My family does have a lot of money, but you know what? We grew up with babysitters and au pairs and I didn't actually spend a lot of quality time playing with my mum. We didn't have a great emotional connection together. So yeah, fine. I'm maybe lucky that I have a swimming pool in my back garden, but it's not everything. And I hate the fact that I need to almost like bring a negative aspect to my life to justify a positive aspect to my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's annoying because it feels like sometimes it feels like you can't win. People are embarrassed if they don't have a lot of money. And I know like now, admittedly, yes, does my mom help me every so often financially because we need it and because I need it? Yes, I know that I can go to her if I really need to and say, mom, I need, you know, help with this. Can you help me pay for that? Blah, blah. We're actually, we're having a surprise birthday party for George this weekend on Saturday. I can tell you now because it will have happened (laughs) by the time you hear this episode. And I hired a haul. It's his 30th. So I wanted to make a big deal out of it. I hired a whole and also between you and me (laughs) this is so funny I George and I we think that we would like to get married the more I think about it the more I think yeah I'd I'd quite like to get married but it's not a priority for us um I know some people are like really attached to the idea of becoming a husband and wife and I'm not I don't think I'll be fast either way it's not if I never get married I think that'll be okay I think I have a slight preference too but we have Isla, we're happy, we're a unit. It's not something that I feel that I need a wedding or marriage. Anyway, that being said, I'm feeling really jealous. <laughs> we have a lot of people, not jealous because of the wedding marriage part, but because of the party that people are having. A lot of our friends in the last two years and also next year, there's been so many weddings in our friend circle and it's been so amazing to just gather and party and share love and just, do you know what I mean? Reunite with people and just have some fun. And I'm that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> envious about so I thought you know what (laughs) I'm not first on the marriage I just want the party so I've decided (laughs) to use Georgia's 30th birthday which is on the 26th of October but we're having the party on the 21st this Saturday um to use it as an excuse to have a big party so 
Also, weddings are expensive. And if I did have a wedding, I wouldn't want to, what's the word, um, settle for anything less that I wanted. And right now we definitely don't have the money. Anyway, needless to say, I had a haul. There's a caterer um, doing like a grazing table style buffet. There's a bouncy castle because it's quite a family friendly event and decorations, cake, etc, etc. Anyway, fuck me, those things cost a lot of money. And when I told my mom, my mom was like, can I get George anything for his birthday? And I said, if I'm perfectly honest, I would love a little contribution uh, towards the party because it's cost me a lot. And <laughs> we're hemorrhaging cash. <laughs> and so she gave it to me. And I, it's annoying that I feel like embarrassed to admit that. But also, I, f I would feel embarrassed to admit, you know, that I didn't have the money to do it. Like when you get invited to, I don't know, oh my gosh, hen parties. Why is hen parties so expensive? I'm invited to a few next year. And that you just, you hate being that person. You feel embarrassed to be that person to be like, I'm sorry, but it's too expensive. I can't go, you know? But yet there's also shame in having money. Like what the fuck? This, it's just, it just feels like you can't do anything right. Like you have to be a mom that's present 24 seven with your kid. But also if you don't have a career, like what is your life? But if you have a career, you're being a bad parent and oh, Christ almighty. <laughs> But it's okay, guys, that we are connecting back to our truth, to our sense of purpose, <laughs> to our wanky spirituality. <laughs> oh, Christ almighty. Okay, what else did I want to say? I think that's it, really. Oh my gosh, no, this is the other thing I wanted to say. Isn't it crazy how sometimes you can just have a moment that changes your day completely? Last night, George was working late, again, and I shouldn't have said again like that, again, <laughs> fucking dickhead. Oh, no, George was working late, and most Tuesdays, he works late, Tuesdays and Thursdays tend to be the main days. Anyway, irrelevant, George was working late, and so it was just me and Isla, and we came home from childminding, I made dinner, and then we were just chilling, playing, like taking photos with like, you know, the animals, Um, what do you call them? Like, you know, on your phone, you can put like the little filter animals, she found that hilarious, blah, blah. Anyway, we're just having fun. I gave her her bottle and then, oh my gosh, this was unbelievable. She took me by the hand, led me upstairs into her bedroom. She got on the bed and then she lay down on the bed with her head on the pillow. She tapped the other pillow with her arm and said, Nut nuts, mummy. And in case it wasn't obvious, nut nuts is nanite. Oh my God. And this happened at like 7 p.m., which is just unbelievable because admittedly, more often than not, I don't actually go upstairs until like gone seven even. And then she took herself. It was unbelievable. I changed her, obviously, like nappy, put her PJs on, and then just cuddled with her. And within 20 minutes, she was asleep. And then I had the rest, ev the rest of the evening to myself, which was also unbelievable. But it was just... It was such a precious moment and it's funny to me because I feel like there's, I don't know, I feel like there's two schools of thought. Again, you can either be like a gentle parent, in which case you allow your, the sort of concept is that you allow your kids to guide you, so to speak. And then, I mean, that's a really, really bad explanation of it, but in layman's terms. And then there's the other school of thought, which is a bit more like strict parenting, I guess, for lack of a better phrasing, where you, you know, have a bit more of a strict routine and encourage your kids to go to bed at a set time and wake them up at a set time, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I always felt a little bit embarrassed to admit that actually we allow Isla to guide us in a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I'm worried that it's a little bit too much and which is where it's been really difficult for me to find that balance between disciplining her, but also allowing her to just tell me what she needs and give her what she needs. You know, I'm finding that a little bit of a gray area. But again, like I was saying before, I'm finding more comfort in that gray area. But it was just amazing to me that it's like yesterday, she was like, I felt tired. Or I'm assuming that that's what she thought to herself. And she knew that it was okay to be tired. I would go with her. She knew that I would go with her. She wasn't like, we didn't create this sort of fear response around the bedroom and around bedtime because we've never really forced it that much. 
Um, and I feel really happy about that. That was a really big moment for me in parenting. Like, wow, I think I might actually have done the right thing. And she's now taking the initiative to take herself to bed because she's recognizing that she feels tired. And when we feel tired, we go to bed. And when we don't, that's okay. Why are we forcing ourselves and our children to go to bed when we're not tired? I think it's obviously different when they're in school, like Isla's not in school. Um, you know, I will tackle that stage when I'm there I really can't speak for for that stage but at the moment she's not in school we don't need to wake up at a certain time I never wake her up in the morning so why force the bedtime and I feel really grateful that Isla has built a good relationship with her bed and her bedroom and sleep and she knew where to go she knew what to do she knew that I would come with her that I would stay with her oh guys it was that was a fucking big like yes, um, in terms of me and parenting and motherhood, I really felt like, oh, I'd nailed it. <laughs> I felt like I had nailed it. <laughs> yeah, mamas. <laughs> um, I think that's it. My, ooh, let me, oh my gosh, I have one funny thing. Does anyone else, the thing that I'm not nailing is brushing teeth. Uh so I'm being very gentle about it again, because I don't want to create that sort of fear response with Isla, but she just never wants to brush her teeth. And when she does take the toothbrush, she, <laughs> she literally sucks the toothpaste, like swirls it around her mouth, swallows, and then gives me the toothbrush because she wants more toothpaste. <laughs> and I'm trying to encourage her. I often brush my teeth with her so that maybe she can brush mine and then I can brush hers, you know? Any tips on teeth brushing, actually? I would be really grateful. Send me a DM. Find me on Instagram if you don't already follow me at Swift underscore, sorry, I had a brain fart there, um, at MagliSwift underscore on Instagram, or send me an email, hello at MagliSwift.com. I would love any tips, and maybe I might be able to share them with everyone else on the podcast, because I don't know what I'm doing with teeth brushing. This is something that I'm really um, struggling with. And it's annoying because we went through a stage where she really enjoyed doing it. And I was like, I got this. <laughs> but we've regressed and now I'm lost. So yeah, send me tips. Um, there was one more thing. Oh, my two features. Can't believe I almost forgot. My mom confession is, um, what is my mom confession? Oh, I just looked at my notes. My mom confession was that I really snapped at George. But let me give you another mom confession. Uh, why can't I think of a mom confession now? Wow, this is like, this is amazing. Normally, <laughs> or maybe I'm just having another brain fart, but I feel like normally I'm like, oh, I'm shit at this. I'm shit at that. <laughs> um, what is my mom confession? Hmm. I don't actually have, I can't think of a mum confession. Wow. I actually think I'm going to leave the mum confession blank because nothing is coming at the moment. Uh, nothing that I haven't mentioned before anyway. Uh, sometimes, yeah, I struggle with potentially giving Isla a bit too much screen time, um, not being good at brushing her teeth, just the general things um, that I'm sure a lot of mums will relate to. But there is nothing that I can think of. I feel like I feel like I'm in a really, really good place and it feels really special to be able to share that on the one year anniversary of the podcast. Wow. My mom confession, something that's coming up now is potentially, I used to not enjoy going to soft play because I found it, oh, just get tired. You know, I don't want to run around a soft play all the time. And actually recently last week, I went to a soft play with a friend of mine and her little one and I loved it so much because I'm playing much more with Isla and it feels like the time we have together is much more quality time at the moment. I was talking to my mom about this the other day on FaceTime actually and I can't remember how it got brought up but she was saying that in terms of parenting it wasn't always something she was great at playing with us. She was much better or she found it easier to just get on with her like project manager 
tasks in terms of, you know, uh, this is ages ago now. I think it might have been like the second episode that we ever did, but it comes back a lot. Uh, I think it's one of the most listened to episodes of the podcast, uh, Mom or Project Manager, where me and my sister discuss this concept of literally when you're a mom, you're a project manager, you're just managing the people <laughs> and the household alongside trying to do things for yourself and your career and stuff like that. And um, what was my point? Oh, yeah, my mom was saying that she found it easier to be project manager than to be the playful mom. And I resonated with that because I have felt like that. But actually, at the moment, I'm really enjoying playing with Isla. And so this sort of negative feeling that I had towards going to soft play and thinking to myself that potentially soft play was like an easy way out because I could let Isla run and I didn't actually have to parent that's my mom confession. That's how I used to use soft play. It was an excuse to be with Isla without actually having to parent. And actually I'm finding now, not every time, but more and more, I enjoy going to the soft play with her and playing with her in the soft play. And that's a big thing for me. My top tip Tuesday. I have not tried this yet, guys. Let me be clear. But I'm thinking of talking to George about trying it because I've heard of a few people doing this. And it's in terms of wanting to stop your little one relying on the dummy so much. Admittedly, we allow Isla to have quite free reign with the dummy, if I'm honest. I feel a little bit bad saying that, but you know, it is what it is. It's working for us and whatever, rightly or wrongly. But I am thinking, you know, I would like to stop it at some point because also I find it really frustrating when you hear parents, and it's not their fault, by the way, this is completely my issue and it's my, I'm like projecting my judgment onto myself. I hear of people with kids younger than Isla and they're like, oh my gosh, we've just had to stop the dummy. You know, she's getting really old or he's getting really old. And in my head, I'm thinking, fuck, Isla's like way older than your kid. And we still allow her to have the dummy sort of whenever she wants. We have started to not necessarily discourage her, but we try and hide it. Whereas before we kind of just, it was in plain sight. If she wanted it, she could go grab it. Whereas now if we're out playing, I'll ask her, give me the dummy, give me the dummy, please. And she won't always do it immediately. Sometimes she will. And that's amazing. Sometimes she won't. And I don't take it from her. I don't force it out of her because it just doesn't sit right with me. Again, rightly or wrongly, um, it's her, it's her thing. It's her comfort. I don't want, I don't want to be the person. I don't want her to think of me as the person that takes her comfort away from her, you know? So yeah, but I'm thinking that I would like to start weaning Isla off and remind me to come back. You can't remind me to come back to the comfort thing <laughs> because you're listening this after I've recorded it. But um, this is me trying to remind myself um, to the comfort thing in terms of sharing with Isla. I want to touch on that. But in terms of my top tip, Tuesday, the dummy, weaning Isla off. I've heard that if you cut the tip off the dummy and then you slowly, I don't know if it's, you should probably Google this. <laughs> my top tip is Google what I'm saying because I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, my top tip is don't listen to me basically. No, if you cut the tip of a dummy and then give it to them and then you continue cutting like a bit closer to like the main part of the dummy, do you know what I mean? Am I even making sense? Fuck my life. And then apparently they will realize that it doesn't have that same comfort effect. And then a good way to encourage them to completely let go of it is to get them to put it in the bin because then they see where it's going. Um, yeah, I've explained that so badly, but I'm hoping that maybe you know what I mean. Um, and I'm thinking of, I haven't actually spoken to George about this. <laughs> I'm speaking to you guys first. <laughs> Let me know what you think. <laughs> Has it worked for you? And if it hasn't, I'm aborting mission. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a go because it's not the dummy that bothers me, by the way, the comfort. Like, I think she's fine. For me, it's more the speech issues that can come with having the dummy, like the development and the placement of the tongue, the development of the mouth and, and the jaw and stuff like that. That's just, I don't want to hinder that, you know? What was I saying? Oh yeah, uh, in terms of taking her comfort away, sharing. Oh, sharing is something that I really struggle with in terms of disciplining Isla to do because yes, sharing is caring, but also it's like, 
your kid has this toy. They're playing with this toy. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, you must stop playing with this toy. Even though you picked it up, just because this kid is coming over and trying to take it from you, then as parents, we're meant to be like, yeah, Isla, sharing is caring. So I'm going to take this toy and give it to someone else. And it's like, no, like, imagine you have something that's important to you that you're playing with, that you're doing something with. And then all of a sudden, someone just takes it from you and being like, no, it's not yours now. You need to give it to someone else for a few minutes and then you can have it back. It's like, fuck off. No, I was playing with it. I was doing whatever I was doing with it. Like, why are you taking it away from me? Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, fine line. But also, to be fair to me, if a kid is playing with something, what do you guys think on that? I don't encourage, like, I encourage Isla to share only if she's not playing with it. If it's her toy, if, like, we have kids over or a friend over, whatever, with their little one, and Isla's playing with a toy, and then a kid goes to take one of her toys, like, from the toy box that she's not playing with, if she has like starts to get aggy about that then I encourage her you know to share because she wasn't using it someone else you know sharing is caring in that sense I don't however encourage her to let go of something that she's using for someone else like do you know what I mean I, f I don't know I feel like a bad parent because I feel like everything is like oh yeah share give it up no don't give it up but similarly if Isla wants something that another kid is using I tell her that she can't have it that kid is playing with it she can have it if the kid decides to put it down or if the kid decides to, you know, actively give it to her, then of course, yeah, sharing is caring. You can play with it now. And then, you know, maybe when you're done, you can give it back. But I don't like, I don't say to Isla or the other kid, I don't say to Isla, yeah, you can have this toy this kid is playing with. This whole sharing thing, oh, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a gray area, but <laughs> we are finding comfort in the gray, guys. Yes, we are because it's not all black and white. It's not all plain sailing. We are here, we are transitioning <laughs> into the gray. <laughs> it feels like a negative thing, but I really mean it in a positive way. Wow, can we just take a moment? How far have we come? <laughs> One year of mumming with Magali. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Thank you so, so, so much. If you have been with me this whole time, thank you. If you have come halfway through, thank you. If this is your first episode, I am really grateful that you are here. Thank you for being part of the community that I'm looking to create because this fucking motherhood shit is chaos. And you know what? Not just motherhood, life. Life is hard. And one of my biggest compliments that I receive is that actually people even without kids enjoy listening to the podcast and I like to think that you know the podcast has really grown into not just you know how I'm journeying through motherhood or journeying as a person through life but how we're all just fucking navigating life because life is not easy and I feel like there's this pre-misconception that life should be easy and we should be happy living, you know, hashtag living my best life. Fuck off. <laughs> but like, it's funny because what me, yes, 100%. Yes, we should live our best lives, but not every day can be our best life. And yeah, we need to, there's black and there's white and together. <laughs> together it's gray and there is love and amazingness in the gray <laughs> oh my god it's wanky but I love it <laughs> if you have listened to the podcast and you haven't yet subscribed or rated it or reviewed it would mean the world to me if you could please write me a review you can review the podcast on apple podcasts you can rate the podcast on spotify and you can subscribe where Ever you listen to the podcast. Thank you so, so very much. I'm sending you all lots of love. Happy one year anniversary to Mumming with Magali. Mwah. Ciao.